Good morning, America. Welcome to The Daily Answer. My name is Mark, and I am your host. Years ago, when I was younger, I would see people who were not believers. They were not Christians. And it seemed like things were going pretty well in their life, or good enough, whatever that means, without God, or using the Bible as a standard, or leaning on Jesus. And I think when I was younger, the thought crossed my mind that, you know, maybe everyone really doesn't need God. Maybe there are some people that are so smart and so self-sufficient that they don't really need Jesus in their life, or they don't need the guidance from scripture, that they don't need like the wise counsel from other Christians in a local congregation. Maybe they're just people who can navigate temptations and the twists and turns of life without him. Come out okay. Well, come out okay, at least in this life. Yet, there's a big difference between a marriage that survives a lifetime and one that thrives during the same lifetime. Simply surviving can be absolutely miserable. And yet, I have a different perspective now than I did when I was younger. I've definitely come to a different conclusion. I have yet to see yet to see anyone outside of Christ handle temptation well or navigate life and relationships successfully. I've seen very smart, incredibly talented people far more than myself. Skilled. Um, I remember hearing a story about a park ranger, a park ranger who was like, not one of the park rangers that drove around in the green vehicles and worked at the like desk where you would come in and you know check out the gift shop sort of thing but a a back country park ranger someone that would live in a tent all summer long for months at a time and would like be hiking 20 miles a day checking on trails checking on lost hikers getting rid of unauthorized campsites and destroying unauthorized fire pits. And this individual like could handle himself. He knew how to live in the outdoors. He was an expert. He would be an expert climber. He would be an expert at search and rescue. He, if someone, if a, if a hiker went missing, he could look at a map and he could instantly say, you'll find them there. He, he could look at the terrain, you know, the last reported situation condition, last reported location, and he could just look at that and say, yeah, that's where you'll find them, or that's where you'll find the body. Um, and so here was someone that could just handle the outdoors, yet, well, yet he was then hit with temptation. And it cheated on his wife, and she left him, and all his backwoods skills, all those, all the skills that he had were completely useless when he ran into that temptation. And I guess that's something to keep in mind that you may be incredibly skilled in all sorts of areas. You may be great at anticipating the stock market knowing how to invest. 
you may be one of those people that can see something mechanical, take it apart, put it back together. You may be an individual that can hear a foreign language and pick it up. You may be a musician who can go to the piano and find a tune, automatically find a song where the piano to you is like, uh, it's like a language and you know exactly where that is at. I'm, I'm just amazed at people that sing and people that can play that they know exactly in their mind how far this note is from that note. And I have no clue how any of that works. But the thing is that you can have those all those amazing skills, but when it comes to temptation and like how to make a marriage work and how to control your temper or your thoughts, all those skills, all those skills can be absolutely worthless. I think we see this among famous people, athletes, Hollywood celebrities. They have these amazing skills, except their lives are a mess. What was it? 80% or so of all professional athletes, all of them, football, baseball, hockey, etc., like end up broke and divorced at the end of their careers. Oh, they can, they can catch a ball, they can run, they can hit, they can throw pitch. They don't know how to handle life. Those are different skills. Those are different skills. And the warning is, the warning is that we're going to, all of us are going to be hit with the storm, the storms of life. They're, they're coming, they're going to track you down. And Jesus noted that in the book of Matthew chapter seven, um, when he talked about, okay, we have two, and, and he noted, you, you don't have multiple choices here. You have only two choices. Either do the will of the Father or you don't do the will of the Father. And that would be like 21 through 23. And he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them will be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And it did not fall. It had been founded upon the rock. And then he will do the opposite. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them, foolish man, you're building your house on sand. But the same rain and the same floods and the same wind slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Probably because, well, everything went with it, including the inhabitant, including the person who had ignored the words of Jesus. So all of us are going to be hit with the storms of life and they're going to slam into us. I mean, that's what Jesus says. You're going to get hit and you're going to get hard. And the only person who is able to weather such storms is a person who has their life built upon the rock. And the rock is specifically hearing the words of Jesus and doing them. That's the rock. I know the writer of Psalm 73 reached a point in his life where he was envious. He looked out and he saw unbelievers, people that were rebellious, people you might say sinners. They're just out there living for self. And he started feeling sorry for himself. And 
And, and he, he would say in verse 12 of Psalm 73, behold, these are the wicked and always at ease. And they've increased in wealth. They've got an easy, comfortable life. Life is easy for them. Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. Or like, you know, in vain have I prayed and read my Bible and went to services, so to speak, and exercised self-control and controlled my thoughts and stayed away from sin and washed my hands in innocence. I've been stricken all day long, chastened every morning, 14. Then he says, and so that was his view. There's a lot of wicked, powerful people out there who are very rich. Don't give God the time of day. And it just seems like everything works for them. They're making money. They're in big houses, etc. Life's not hard for them. Here I am trying to, here I am a Christian for us, modern application. Here I am a believer struggling to make ends meet. Dishwasher just broke. Transmission went out on the minivan. You know? Reading my Bible every day, teaching my kids, taking them to services, taking them to Bible study, etc. And I can't get a break. And my life is difficult. He says, if I had, if I'd said I will speak thus, that is if I'd actually aired these grievances publicly. Behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. I would have caused other people to stumble. Then he says, when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. Until it really bothered me. This, The wicked are prospering and I'm suffering. It really bothered me until I came into the sanctuary of my God. Then I perceived their end or their latter end or their final end. That is when they die and they meet God in judgment. Surely you have set them in slippery places and cast them down to destruction. They are destroyed in a moment and utterly swept away by sudden tears. Like a dream when one wakes. That is, all of a sudden, instead of envying these unbelieving, wealthy, comfortable people, he said, man, I feel sorry for them because you've set them up. Is that their lives are so comfortable that they're really not getting any warning. And all of a sudden, they're going to die. Or for, for us today, Jesus will, will come back in judgment which can happen anytime but a thief in the night as a thief in the night and they're completely unprepared and when it goes down it's going to be like a nightmare for them and they're not going to have any time to correct themselves they're just going to go through life comfortable etc and all of a sudden die and be like the rich man in Luke 16 be in torment and with zero mercy and all of a sudden that really helped the rider go like, whoa. But you know what kind of triggered everything was he went to the house of God. He went to worship. He contemplated reality and eternity. And he realized, ooh, there's a lot more to life than what size house you have and how much money you have in the bank. You can have all of that and be in a whole lot of trouble. And that he had been a fool to entertain such naive thoughts. For the people who ignore God, it's going to come apart real quick. And without God, you're just completely unprepared for the challenges of life. And you will often underestimate the impact or the resources you will need. In fact, 
when you are outside of Jesus, you are often blindsided suddenly by a mate who leaves you or a hundred other things because you're in the darkness and you don't even see the red flags and you're not working on what you really need to work on. How many men spend a lifetime at a career only to lose wife and children in the process? I was at a gas station on the California coast in Cambria a while back and a young man in another sprinter van after hearing that my wife and I had been married over 40 years asked, well, what's the secret? People know that looks, possessions, adventures, education, or money cannot create an enduring, an enduring marriage. So what does? Even people in the world want an enduring marriage. Isn't it interesting that people label such a secret? What's the secret? As if it's some mystery which no other generation has figured out and that it still remains a mystery. Man, what's the secret? As a Christian, you know, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. I was talking to one of the workers at the Santa Cruz Redwoods RV Resort. He said the older he gets, and he was maybe a few years younger than me, the less he knows. Well, I appreciate his humility, but as I grow older, I don't want to go backwards. With God, as you grow older, you certainly are aware of what you don't know yet or what cannot be known. Deuteronomy 29, 29. There are just certain things that God has not informed us about, and we don't need to be informed. We have everything we need for life and godliness, 2 Peter 1, 3. Yet you should not be headed in the direction of knowing less. You should actually have much more figured out than that, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. As a Christian, the older you get, you can look forward to growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. But if you're not a believer, then you are destined to grow, well, in the direction of uncertainty, especially as the world continues to change with the moral and cultural ground underneath your feet always shifting. Good luck navigating that without God and his eternal truth. Until next time, this is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. We will see you in the funny papers.